0: Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie, and I'm Lily, and this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised, and reclaim time for the things you love. Pinterest crafty things for my kids, <laughs> 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 but I can't, I can't right now because there is too much on. I'm starting to wonder if I should have brought tissues. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good point. Oh, now I'm it, married. Like, now with what? You <laughs> and you just leave dirty socks all over the floor. <laughs>
1: anyway, continue. Um. Hello and welcome. This week we're talking about when life gets overwhelming. We're going to dive deep and chat about our personal experiences with overwhelm, what's helped us and simple strategies to overcome your overwhelm. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm Lily. I'm Bonnie. And we're the faces
0: behind Little Home Organized. We are sisters who love organizing. In fact, Bonnie loves it so much that she has been doing it as a profession for the last 10 years.
1: Yes, I have. Little Organised has been running since 2011 and we have a team of organisers in southeast Queensland servicing multitudes of clients who are now a little bit more organised in their life and, and the overwhelm is not so overwhelming. And thanks to growing up with Little
0: organized I'm more organised and have a passion for organising as well. I don't do it as my profession, but my focus in life is on my studies. I'm a postgrad psychology student. So if you're new, that's just a little bit about us. Yeah, Um, And if you're not new and you have listened to the podcast before and you haven't left a rating and review yet, we would love you to do it. It helps keep the podcast going. It's a really simple way that you can just give us, you know, um, however many stars and then just a little line or two on what you love about the podcast. And it helps us keep it going and it makes sure that we're giving you the content that you find helpful and useful as well.
1: Okay. So today we are talking about when life gets overwhelming and this is a really personal Episode for me. Um, I'm starting to wonder if I should have brought tissues. Actually, that's a really good point.
0: <laughs> um, or, you know, maybe you shouldn't be wearing such a light colored top. You yeah. Know, all the tears that are going to start
1: yeah. coming down. They'll really show up, won't they? So, just to give a little bit of background for those who maybe don't know or haven't listened in a while, our family, my family, has just moved to the Sunshine Coast at Easter time from Brisbane. And that's after living in the Redlands for over 20 years and living in Brisbane for over 30 years. So, big change for us. Big change. And And that's one of the top five, top 10 life most stressful events is moving house. And then to kind of add to that, you know, we have moved up here and there's not really any family support. Our brother is here, which is like really random because he is,
0: you happen to buy a house that's like two streets away from him after he's lived up up the coast for many years now, which is pretty
1: cool. And this is like the first time we've lived closer than an hour away from each other in about. 10 or 12 years. So it's really random. Wow, that went so quick, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. Not a deciding factor at all. But yeah, really cool to be closer to him and the kids to be able to hang out with him a bit more. But the consequence, of course, of moving up here was that you moved
0: away from a lot of grandparent care.
1: Yes, yes. And obviously all of our community networks were in Brisbane and the Redlands. And yeah, like we're really starting afresh with everything. But we'll get into all that stuff a little bit more later. Um, But first of all, I wanted to talk about what's that list of that top five or top ten life most stressful events.
0: Well, I want to start with having a baby, Um, which, you know, you're about to have number four. Yep. Um, But (laughs) Tick. (laughs) The reason that that one to me is so interesting is that when we have like a major role transition like that, that can be like hugely stressful Mm. Um, and having a baby is one of those things because not only is it a change in – caretaking and responsibilities and identity it's also like physiologically changes your body like there is so much that goes on and from a psychological perspective I'm actually I'm actually working on an assignment at the moment that is on a psychological framework called interpersonal psychotherapy and interpersonal psychotherapy identifies three major areas as kind of the causes of major distress for people And one of them is a role transition. Wow. Yeah, and that's, you know, when you suddenly go from working full-time to retiring. Yeah. Or from not being a mum to being a mum. Or from being a teenager and having to grow up and be an adult all of a sudden. Yeah, transitioning out of school. And so transitions are actually like a real cause for distress and like this framework identifies that and it finds by helping people process and go through the, you know, transitions that you can help relieve these symptoms. Oh, I'm so thick in this assignment right now, clearly. (laughs) But another thing that's really stressful, one of the major stressful life events, of course, that everybody knows about is death. Yes. And this framework also looks at loss and grief as like really important, you know, Mm. because when someone dies, that does disrupt our world and it shakes things and, you know, turns things on our head and, you know, suddenly a fully functioning household and a fully mentally healthy person is, you know, things change because when someone dies, it's drastic and- Our mental health is affected. Our home may suddenly look really chaotic and because we're trying to cope and process. And then, of Mm. course, the other area that the IPT looks at is interpersonal conflicts, right? And so another major life event that produces a lot of stress for people is, of course separation and divorce yeah right yeah Yeah. and so it's it's a really cool framework of like helping people through their issues but it's also really practical in the sense Mm. that there are these major events that happen that make us really really stressed out really overwhelmed death divorce like you've just moved having Mm. a baby
1: yeah and on that like separation and divorce one I actually would like to kind of put in there as well even when you break up from a long-term relationship because I can remember as a 17, 18-year-old having two heartbreaks and, and they were super devastating and like completely life-shattering and I think that especially when you do get a bit older and you might not have gotten married and so it's not a divorce but it is a breakdown of that relationship and, you know, maybe you're de facto or you've been living together for a long time or something like that, when that separation or that split actually happens, it is it is majorly... Yeah, it is life altering and just really, really tough. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I mean, you clearly came out the other side and found someone who fixed that heartbreak. Who drives me nuts, but I love to death. <laughs> yes,
1: I've got the perfect balance. Yes.
0: <laughs> so there are other things that, of course, are really, really stressful in life. You know, maybe you've just started a new job. Mm new like completely new company maybe it's a promotion maybe you you know you've just had like this major change you're now working from home yeah because of COVID you know lots of lots of things happen for people with COVID like that totally changed things
1: or maybe you got sick or someone in your family got sick Mm. or it could be that there's some sort of chronic illness that maybe wasn't there before but it is there now because of an accident or an injury or just a you know a diagnosis that's kind of popped up and that's something that goes on in our household as well like I have two children with needs and so that definitely creates a lot of stress because it's not your neurotypical family dynamic that you need to deal with although to be perfectly honest I don't know any family that's fully functional like I feel like every family has some form of we've all got our quirks don't we we do and I mean that's just the beauty of this mess of this life you know we we're all very different and together we make a a beautiful painting (laughs) (gasps)
0: poet, poetry with bonnie um so another thing that's kind of happened with covid of course people's jobs were affected and like you know lives upended for many people Mm. but also like this created some financial issues for a lot of people and when we do have financial issues it can make things really tough like financial issues right are like one of the main causes for Uh, divorce
1: yeah A hundred percent. And like even, even if you're not actually in a financial situation where you're incurring a lot of debt or you feel like you're a bit overwhelmed and not keeping up with bills and stuff like that, if you don't actually know what your financial status is and what you can freely spend on things, that can create a little bit of stress as well. Mm -hmm. It's just that not knowing and they're not feeling like you're in control and on top of your finances. And, And that means when you go out, can I actually afford to buy this lunch out? Can I actually afford to buy my child that, you know, new set of shoes that they need or something like that? Because you don't know. And, that, and that's where the knowledge is power. So
0: because I'm obsessed with this um, assignment that I'm doing, one of the things you just said there that's also like triggered me is one of the things that this framework identifies as a major problem in people's life is so like when this crisis happens, grief, loss, role transition, whatever. But then what happens is that often people withdraw from their social supports or don't utilise them effectively. Mm. So like if you're really financially stressed – and your friends are going out for lunch and you are not sure you can afford it, you might choose not to go. Yes. And then that can snowball. And that can happen for all different kinds of things in life. And so one of the things that's really simple is making sure that we're still socially engaging because it's actually like a real big yeah. part of our health. And on that note, I've also just like done a huge amount of research on not personally running these studies, but assessing studies for different assessment that I'm doing at uni and the relationship between your level of belongingness in the world and yeah. your well-being – is so highly correlated so basically if you don't have a good sense of well-being and you know place in the world and place in your community which Mm. you can imagine if you move somewhere new you're trying to determine that it actually is you know directly um, (laughs) has a relationship with your well-being and your mental health and so like if you put that into the perspective a lot of these life stressful events if they're totally displacing you in your community displacing you socially so like a divorce that you're going through that is such a huge feeling of displacement Mm. becoming a mum for the first time is a feeling of displacement.
1: Absolutely. And you think about, you know, if you've newly immigrated somewhere and maybe you don't understand the language or the culture, or I think of a, as an adolescent, like those teen angst years where you just were struggling to work out where do I fit in? Where's my acceptance? Who who are my peers? Who groups, am I? Yeah, your self-identity, all of that sort of stuff like it's it's huge and it comes it's funny because it actually comes back again later in life as well. And you think as a teenager, When I grow up and you know all these teen angst years that behind me I'm gonna know who I am I'm gonna have great relationships I'm never gonna have all this rubbish that goes on in high school with your friendship group. adulting
0: was like the grass is greener over it there, wasn't so it was the like, light at the end of the tunnel you know
1: that's why that movie suddenly 30 was so popular because every 13 year old girl was like I want to be 30 I want to be able to wear cool high heels and amazing dresses and, and have money to spend and, and have and money to spend on stuff and you know a cool apartment and all of that kind of stuff stuff and then you get there and you realise actually being 30 is kind of hard. It's a little rough <laughs> especially when you have young kids so it is that the grass is always greener but especially with the identity side of things after becoming a mother or after your children have grown and there's that okay I've just I'm no longer needed in this
0: not the way really, it was before really
1: high care high responsibility way that I have been for the last you know 15-20 years who am I now? Like it, it just it never stops. We'll answer that question after the break. Just kidding. We can't tell you who you are. <laughs> but what we will do is we'll come back um,
0: after a break and we'll talk about yes, some personal experiences of overwhelm. But mm-hmm. we're also going to talk about some strategies because this overwhelm often flows throughout the house. And of course, we're here to help you get on top of that stuff. So we'll be back after the break. You've got mail.
1: Hello. So I have a question. I seem to have a struggle with papers. When I get mail or cards in the mail or things like that, they end up on the kitchen table or on the dining room table and they stack up and yeah. What do you do with important documents or documents that you don't necessarily need to throw away right away, but that you think you might need in the next month or so before throwing away? Where do you place those items? Thank you. I love your TikTok group and I'm trying to join your group as well. Thank you.
0: Yay. Thanks, Brandon. What a great question. And thanks for um, coming and joining our LHO community on Facebook and checking us out on the Tiki Toki. I love this question because This was me in Brandon's position several years ago before I got a proper paperwork system in place. And it is like so critical just to have somewhere to track the flow Mm. of the paper that comes in because if we don't have the system in place, then we end up in that position where it's like, what do I do with it when it first comes in the door? But then also what do I do with it if it's important and I don't want it to be in long-term storage and I still need it to be accessible? So I'm going to hand this one over to you.
1: Oh, okay. So what I do, I'm completely digital, Brandon. So when- Oh, maybe it'll come back to me then. Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing the system you taught me. But before I was completely digital, I used the daily paper flow system, which is what you're referring to. And we talk about this on the Little Misorganized website, actually, the daily paper flow system. But that is basically a five-drawer desk organizer with an inbox uh, on the top, so that everything that comes into the house goes into the in tray, and then it gets uh, delegated. Every night, you spend you know five or ten minutes sorting out any papers into their particular trays, and the first tray is like you're urgent to do, and that might be a bill needs paying, and I will go and highlight what the Uh, Due date is and also the amount. And then your second draw is like uh, non urgent to do. So this might be more project things or things that you just need to remember. For down the track, uh, then you've got like your to scan or file drawer. So if you're digital, you're going to scan it. If you're not digital, it's stuff that needs to be filed. So this is like after you've paid a bill, but maybe you still want to keep a copy of it and pop that in the drawer too. The other thing I do with bills is once they're paid, I actually write on the bill. And even though I scan it in, I write on the bill the date that it was paid and if there's a reference number or something like that. Yep. And then the fourth drawer is to read if time. So this is where you might get your recipes or your parenting articles or things like that. Things that you want to read, but they're not kind of urgent. And then your last drawer is like upcoming events. So this might be you've got tickets to go and see a performance. They're still in hard copy. They're not digital. You don't want to carry them around in a handbag or a diary. But you want them somewhere safe. But you need them somewhere safe. So they go in that last drawer.
0: What's really great about this system as well is the drawers act as boundaries. So as soon as the drawer fills up, you know that the short short term storage has been has reached capacity and it has to now be filed in the long term storage yeah. or scanned uploaded shredded what have you
1: Yeah so with me being digital what I tend to do is when paper comes into the house I will action it straight away so every day at around dinner time I will look at whatever paper has come in and I will action it right there and then so say it's like a birthday invitation for my children I will actually take a photo and put the event in the calendar and attach the invitation to the calendar event and then that piece of paper can go in the recycling straight away another small tip is if you are bringing letters into the house and you don't need the envelope or you don't need the product disclosure statement that comes with it or some sort of pamphlet that's come with it ditch that stuff straight away just keep the important piece of paper that's got you know your personal details and the bill to be paid and that side of things on there to action
0: and the other thing I would add because I use this system if you are just too busy and you want to make sure that your paperwork doesn't get lost and end up on your kitchen bench or somewhere where it shouldn't be, and you end up with paperwork trails throughout the house. You want to keep it all in this one area. So having you, making use of the in tray yes. that sits on top of this paperwork system is great because it's like it's in the in tray, and then I can sort it from there into my drawers, and then from my drawers it can then go into long term digital wherever. Yeah. So you know, I really like the in tray, and that's something that has been very useful. But this paperwork system sounds simple totally effective. Yeah. I recommend it.
1: It's really life-changing and you know even though I don't need the drawers anymore because I'm digital I still have the in tray Mm -hmm. and if I can't pay a bill right there and then I'll pop it in the in tray for you know the next day or a couple of days later when I go and do kind of like a a paperwork day.
0: Yeah like many pieces of clutter in the house if it's homeless it's going to be a problem
1: so at the very least give it a home. Hope that helps Brandon and thanks for your listener question. Okay so we're talking about overwhelm today when life gets overwhelming. And I would like to know for you, can you give me one or two experiences in your life, perhaps since becoming a mom or in the last kind of five years? And what were those kind of major stresses for you?
0: Ooh, that's hard. It's hard that you said one or two. I'm like unrolling my scroll as it goes down the hallway. <laughs> we just
1: don't have time for
0: that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Am I? No. Uh, it's hard. Like of that list, I think the biggest transition obviously for me recently was becoming a mum and having a now, what, 16-month-old and going through just uh, – I'm a very prepared person, I'm a very organized person, and I like being able to plan ahead. And, you know, so throughout my whole pregnancy. So I, you're a control freak? Oh, I mean, we are. <laughs> I think this is a place for we language here.
1: Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm totally
0: up for Yeah, there. guilty. <laughs> um, but one of the things that, you know, like through my pregnancy, I was trying to plan as much as I could, and I really focused hard on planning the birth. Mm. I didn't focus as much on planning like the first, what the first few months would be like. And I remember having this. <laughs> oh, no, that's just reminds
1: me like of your wedding, right? You f- you focus hardcore so on, on your wedding day and yeah. then you like get to the end of it and you're like, oh, I have now to I'm like married. Now with what? You. <laughs> and you just leave dirty socks all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs>
0: um, I remember like after literally giving birth and like being in recovery and, you know, he was in like his little incubator thing because he'd been, you know, he'd swallowed a bit of, you know, meconium, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, and he – I was lying there and I was so tired because I went. I started my contractions Friday night and had him Sunday night. So I was
1: just absolutely so mm, tired. Long labor. Long labor. And Thanks mom. That's like, genetic. Is it? Yep.
0: Well, I know the first one's always the worst. Anywho, I just remember lying there and being like, you are so exhausted right now. And this is the first time in your life that you've ever felt this exhausted and you cannot sleep because you have to be here for someone else. And this is your future. And I remember just lying there being like, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. What have just, I done? Can you just give me 24 hours and then I'll get back to this whole be and a mum gig. Yes. And I just remember it being like, wow. And then all the hormones and everything. And that first week was just like rough, you know, yeah. coming, coming to terms, just like so happy and delighted. Yep. So like over the moon, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen Happy tears, but also just like terrifying. Yeah, so many hormones. So I think that was the most overwhelming because it was like adjusting to this new identity. And then throughout the first year, they say the first year is the hardest, but the first, for a first time mum and that first year combined, it is just rough like it is you you literally like there's all these like manuals and books but they can't tell you what to do Mm. and it's kind of like the first time in life that I really felt that I no one could tell me exactly what to do people could give advice off their own experience but I was suddenly completely in charge Mm. and I was like oh I must be so used to having a little bit of other support that I lean on normally because in this instance It's on us.
1: Yes. It's funny because um, we have a a friend who regularly says, you know, dating and procreation, having children, it's like a a surreptitious part of God's plan for, you know, populating the earth because even when people tell you how hard it is to be married and how hard it is to have children and young children, you actually have no idea until you're in that place yourself and then you get there and it's too late to go back Mm -hmm. and you're like... If only I had known. Mm. And like, it's yes, it's beautiful being a parent and you get some amazing times with them, but it is also the hardest thing I have ever done by a mile. Mm. And I just think had I known how difficult it was, I might have just stuck to my teaching career where I could send them back at three (laughs) (sighs) o'clock. So yeah,
0: I'd say that would be my overwhelm. What do you think has been your biggest overwhelm?
1: Well, I'm actually living through my biggest overwhelm <clears throat> at the moment, um, which is fun. Uh, so when you you know look at that list that we kind of explained before about moving's one of the most stressful events of life. Workplace stress is another one. So if there's anything going on at work, then that yeah happens too. I've had that this year too. Obviously, pregnancy, new baby coming, illness. Yep. So I've got gestational diabetes, and it's not. Being very well managed <laughs> at the moment. Um, I've got two kids with special needs. What else was on the list? Just being up here and having next to no support. Mm-hmm. And I did a really, really silly thing when we moved, and I just can't. I believe. love that this is being recorded so that I can replay this. Yeah, go on. Oh, and you totally can. And and <laughs> this this is why it's such a you know deep dive into the personal experiences side of things because it is. It is such a personal thing and I am still going through it but I do want to give hope to other people who are maybe also going through it because there's a light, there's the end of the tunnel. It might be a ways away (laughs) but I can see that it's there but the silly thing that I did is when we moved here it was Easter weekend and um, we had then two weeks of school holidays and my husband and I you know, we moved on a Sunday night so that we could finish up, uh, you know, at our church on the Sunday morning and say goodbye to everyone and have the annual Easter egg hunt that we've had for the last three or four years, which was lovely and all that sort of stuff. So we didn't get here till Sunday night and kind of had that, you know, quick set up some beds sort of thing. And we had the Easter Monday to unpack. And of course we had three children around us and no, 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 No extra support for unpacking or childcare or anything like that. So we're trying to unpack with three kids around us. And then on the Tuesday, we we went back to work. So he had some days off and I stupidly decided because I was so busy at work and I needed to try and squeeze people in. Yeah, I'll I'll go to work on those days that you have off. So the Tuesday, Wednesday, I went to work. And of course, I was still travelling to Brisbane to work for that. So, you know, that's an extra three hours of driving added to my workday or whatever. And then he went back to work on the Thursday. And then the same thing the following week, which was also school holidays – When he was off, on his couple of days off, I was at work. And so we had this crazy two weeks where the kids... Yeah, I mean... I mean, what's... Yeah, like, (laughs) should have been a breeze, right? You know, where the kids weren't in any sort of after-school care or holiday program. There was no support for, yeah, taking care of them or unpacking, which we had so much of before we moved. And we were both still trying to work. So one of us was trying to look after three kids and unpack. And we also didn't have a lot of furniture. So, like, it took us... <laughs> it's almost comical You know, you I together. look back at it and I think You are what? so dumb What like, were you thinking? <laughs> what? I mean, I'm just going to blame it on the baby brain Because it does make me do some really dumb things I hate, I hate to tell you, but I think a lot of these plans
0: were in place Before we knew oh, about number four <laughs> Yeah,
1: well, may, maybe some of them were But definitely the timing wise You know, we didn't have a dining table We didn't have any dining chairs Like we were sitting on camping chairs to eat dinner The kids, <laughs> We have this like tiny little fitness trampoline for the kids for when they need to you know release some energy and they were sitting on the floor eating their dinner around the trampoline and you know <laughs> like just just this crazy stuff like we still have got a mattress on the floor for our bed no bedside tables no lamps like the art of making do it is the art of making do and I'm so and like I am 28 weeks pregnant and I am you know rolling off that mattress onto the floor <laughs> I know when, multiple
0: I, saw times when I came up here and saw it was still on the floor I was like that's she's How's she getting out of bed? I need to put like a rope from the ceiling that you like hoist yourself
1: up onto. Let's just say if I have to have a cesarean, which I hope I do not, I am very practiced at the role. So- It, it, you know, it will serve me well. That's true. Yeah. So we have now been up on the coast for, you know, maybe six weeks and the kids have started at school and it's, it's slowly getting better. Oh, the other thing to add into the mix is the day before Good Friday, my six-year-old hyperactively ran down the stairs. Yes, that's of of course. And split Um, his head open. And then that was an ongoing saga because- it was glued back together but then another doctor said no that should have been stitched and then they were like Babak. well the issue was that it wasn't glued properly and it split open again so it got glued again the next day and then that didn't quite work and then you know it was fine so just leave it it'll be a terrible scar but just leave it and then about a month later it was like oh that's infected let's have some surgery so you know general anesthetic for the six-year-old with asd and um a day and a half in hospital for me and of course that happened Happens the week that my husband is away, 9, 10 hours away on a boy's trip and he's like (laughs) do you want me to come back? And I'm like, no, you've been looking forward to this for a year. Like I will handle oh. it. So, yeah, it has just been. I guess you could say that sometimes life just gets a bit overwhelming. I guess you could. <laughs> um, I just remember talking to my GP, uh, you know, months ago when she was testing for the pregnancy and she's like, oh, so how are things going? And I was like, oh, you know, telling her the update of things because she has uh, was my GP for so long. She just, I get to the end of it, she goes, oh. I think I need a nap. (laughs) I'm just tired listening to you list what's going on. And I'm like, I actually don't know how I'm still standing half the time. And the thing that really just drives me nuts at the moment is like, I feel like I've reached my limit, right? Like I can't take anymore. This is, this is enough. No more, please. And then the head thing happened. And then the gestational diabetes thing happened. And like, just, I just feel like there's, you know, more things that are kind of being added on top. So it is like, overwhelming plus, 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 like crazy at the moment. Now
0: you said that there's a light at the end of the tunnel (laughs) and there has been for you. In the
1: far off distance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious because a lot of people can probably relate to this, you know, maybe it's not all of the things you've mentioned but potentially Mm. it's some of them or potentially they've had, you know, a rough year with COVID or they've had a rough five years, ten years. Yes. How do you think we can get on top of this overwhelm and how do you think being organised plays a role in that?
1: I think one of the things that's been helping me is that I am just trying to ride it out and take one day at a time. So not trying to look too far ahead and worry about stuff that's not a priority for right now. So it's a bit of a survival one day at a time sort of thing. So I think like another way we can look at that is that it's okay to admit that there are
0: times where we can't do it all. Oh, yes. And even though we're competent and we have been able to do it all before, it's okay to be gracious with ourselves and like have space. And allow ourselves to just sit in that moment of, okay, it's yeah. overwhelming right now. I normally can do all these kinds of fancy Pinterest crafty things for my kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't I can't right now because there is too much on. That doesn't make me a bad mum and that's okay.
1: I mean, I get to the end of the day and I'm I'm happy if everybody's still alive and we've gone to bed think, with food I in think, our stomach. I like. think alive and in in one piece and a full belly is probably a good minimum
0: standard to yeah, set.
1: I mean you just you just have those days as a mum anyway where you just have to be like, it's okay to have brinner breakfast for dinner. Oh, my gosh. My kids love it. They mm. think it's awesome. And to not – Yeah, not worry so much. One of the things that was really helpful is we outsourced the meals for myself for about two weeks and and got like a company that delivered a bunch of really healthy meals. So I could just microwave it in a couple of minutes. And that was really good, especially the days that I had to go to work. So I think outsourcing where you can. We've had a guy come and mow the lawn once or twice. That's been really helpful. The other thing that probably is really good is just practicing that gratitude of getting to the end of the day and going like, oh, I am really grateful that the day is over (laughs) or like one of the reasons we've moved to the coast is to be nearer to the beach and Mm -hmm. we're only 15 minutes away from the beach here and we've gone probably once or twice a week and like it's getting cold now, you know, we're in May and May gets a bit chilly but the water temperature is still nice and so every time we've gotten to the beach, it doesn't matter if it's just for an hour because we're only 15 minutes away now, praise the Lord, I do get really refreshed down there. Like that is my, my Zen space. So that's really helping because I haven't been able to get back to the gym or get back to my swimming laps or anything or yoga, but getting to the beach, watching the kids kind of let loose for an hour, watching my five-year-old, all of my kids were kind of afraid of the waves two months ago. And now since living here and going to the beach and jumping through the waves, they're all like, yeah, bring it on.
0: That's so good, isn't it? Yeah,
1: so that's really giving me hope because it's like that's one of the key factors for why we actually moved here in the first place. So I think another thing that's helping is routine. So starting to get into the routine of these are the appointments and the therapies that we've got regularly every week. These are the days of daycare. So part of that outsourcing is, you know, the 3-year-old goes to 2 days a week daycare. The other two go to an after-school care program the same 2 days, and that allows me to have those work days, but if for some reason work doesn't go all day, I've got a few extra hours spare that I can, you know, do some grocery shopping or catch up on, you know, washing and stuff at home. So,
0: so one of the things that commonly happens when we're getting overwhelmed is that systems start falling apart. Yes. So trying to keep them in place where possible to stop it from snowballing is really important. So when we're talking about routines, making sure that – you even if you can't do things down to the minute you still know that if you need to do x on thursdays that you still make sure that activity that responsibility does get done even if it gets done at a different time so just trying to make sure that it doesn't become really overwhelming and big from the fact that we're doing things you know yeah
1: yeah absolutely and i think the other Mm. thing that's slowly starting to bring the light closer is also the setting up of those systems at home because we didn't have toy storage when we moved we didn't have the go zone and we're slowly setting those things up and now that they're starting to be in place it's like making me breathe a bit easier because I know that I don't have to have all of these reusable Woolies and Coles bags all over the place with each category of toys in them anymore. They've actually got Even system. in the chaos, she's still organised, people. Well, I have to be because it's, it's actually bringing a bit of sanity back.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I think if you're in a position right now where you're feeling really overwhelmed with life, first things first, know it's okay. It's okay to take a pause Mm. and to sit with like a little bit of discomfort and accept that things may not get done how they have in the past. And that's
1: okay. Yeah. Grace is really good. Give yourself that space to be gracious about it, to accept that, okay, it's overwhelming. It's not ideal, but it's not going to be like this in five months or five years time. Give yourself the space to go and cry if you need to, because that helps release all that emotion that's pent up. But then on the flip side just do small things that will help. So whether that's, you know, going for a walk around the block, like we really underestimate the power of, sunshine and fresh air
0: yeah and exercise is shown to boost mood it's just like it's, yeah it's, it's huge he- it's heavily in the research it's so, so big. getting outside get, um, getting some exercise done is actually really important another thing I'd like to tack on to what you were saying earlier is about expressing gratitude because if we can find things to be thankful for even on the toughest days it teaches us that there is something to look forward to and it instills hope so mm. one thing that we do in our household that might be useful for you guys to do and oh yes I love this yeah is every night Um, We do a check-in where we ask the other person what was the highlight of your day, what was the challenge of your day, what are you looking forward to tomorrow and what are you grateful for. Mm. And it's just a really nice way to check in with your partner, your kids, whoever, or your friends and, you know, see how everyone's doing but also to instill that hope for tomorrow that sometimes life is overwhelming but we can something in the following day to look forward to. Even if it's getting up and just having peanut butter on toast, you really love peanut butter and you're excited to eat it. It can be that simple, even if you know that you're going to a a workplace that's really stressful. At least I've got that peanut butter Mm. in the morning that I can look forward to. So
1: Yeah. And I think there's a real power in words. And too often we can be in this place of overwhelm and think, life is terrible, life is rough, I'm never going to get out of that. But when we actually turn it on its head and go acknowledge, yep, okay, it's not great right now, but it's going to get better and I'm grateful for the sunshine. And we start to speak more positively about our situation to our family. You know, when we meet people on the street and they say, how are things going? Oh, yeah, it's tough, but it's okay. You know, like I have this to, to look forward to. I think that really changes your mindset in a really powerful and positive way. So what's our tidy task this week, Bon? So your tidy task this week is if you are experiencing overwhelm, A, you're not alone, come and chat to me in the Little Home Organised Facebook community group and we can talk about our overwhelm together. Uh, But also your tidy task is just to pick one of the strategies that we've outlined and to start implementing it. So whether it's something about giving yourself grace or taking time daily for you, you know, a 10 minute walk, practicing gratitude, delegating tasks, outsourcing, organizing a small space in your house which can help you kind of regain that sanity those strategies will really help so just pick one of those strategies and and start working it out and adding on to that going back to the research reach
0: out to your support network is like always important so make sure that ask for help yeah text message call catch up with a friend for coffee go for a walk um, reach out to your support network it's actually very important Mm, it definitely is
1: That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and choosing to have us in your ears. And remember, progress, not perfection. See you later. Bye.